This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Yerushalayim. And uh, joining us also in, uh, with Zoom is uh, the H.com uh, live feed, and, uh, which is on a Zoom chat. Everyone's welcome to join the Zoom chat if you'll be on the screen with me. I'd highly appreciate anyone on the screen. So the screen is uh, H.com slash live. I'll say that in a little while. Once uh, my daughter tells me how many people are on, if you see up there like 20 people online, I'll invite them to that, to that thing. Um, um, so that'll populate over the next few minutes. Um, uh, someone said something to me privately here. Uh, I'm ready. I'm on already. Yeah, you guys hear me already, yeah? So, um, so let us, let us begin. Um, Oh, I guess I was supposed to type to him that I'm ready. One sec. Yes. So, Ooh, that's hot. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. So, day uh, one million of our um, situation. Who's grinding something in there? We make a harosis or something? Um, day one million of uh, being in, in, incarcerated in our homes. Um, this is crazy times. Uh, Israel's now in full lockdown. You're allowed. You're allowed on. Suli, uh, let me know that yesterday was five million. Um, that the that the Israel's now in full. I, I like to update you guys. Do you guys appreciate an update from Jerusalem when I let you know what's going on? So anyway, Israel went full lockdown uh, yesterday. And uh, so if you can close those windows, I appreciate it. And it's, uh, yeah, so we're, we're in a new realm. There's cops everywhere. Um, they're stopping pedestrians and asking them, hello, are you 100 yards away from your home? And if not, um, if not, I don't think there's um, a lot of, uh, I don't think they're doing anything necessarily. I've heard of a few fines. Roughly, you heard of fines? People getting fined? No. But they're being. They just said there was one, maybe it's true. They they bumped it up basically to to ha- now you have to talk to cops if you're going to go a hundred yards, more than a hundred yards. You can go up more than a hundred yards, but you you know good luck explaining what you're doing more than a hundred yards away from your house. Um, but and, and we're still allowed to get essentials and deliveries are still available. Uh, yeah, it's intense times, you know, crazy times, so much unknown, you know, we have, I mean, we just have no clue how far this is going to go. I mean, I know, I know Trump said that, uh, that, uh, oh, cool, Mazel Tov, Hashem. I know that Trump said that, uh, that uh, he only has enough patience for this for 15 days, uh, and then I guess he's just going to let everyone die at that point. Because uh, he figures, like, if the economy falls apart entirely, so everyone's going to die anyway. So you might as well just let them die of the coronavirus and not die of, uh, you know, starvation. Uh, I don't get his thinking exactly. But uh, anyway, but that's the latest. And, um, but Israel is very contained and uh, will stay contained until this thing goes away. Um, unfortunately, our numbers have boomed. You know, we're, we're I think we doubled. Uh, in the last few days. Not great. Netanyahu gave a very sobering talk last night to the nation. Um, he's, he's doing, I, I have to say, he's doing a great job as far as, uh, 
you know, he, he's totally handling this thing. And uh, there's, I, I haven't heard any criticism of it. I'm sure. I'm sure there is. Just the way politicians are. But but he seems to be handling things um, pretty well. There's a, there's a sense of res- serious responsibility in his voice, in his eyes, and, and in the message. Uh, uh, how many people are on the Facebook right now? Can you check the number on there? Just want to just want to know if it's a good time to invite everyone to the Zoom feed. Ten. Ten. Okay. Um, so whoever's watching this on Facebook, if you don't mind joining the Zoom feed, I could use a few more people on camera and all the non-video people. If any of you can be on video, I'd really appreciate having more people on video. Perfectly happy with David and Asher, but but uh, it's literally like I'm when I'm I'm much more generated when there's several people online. So please join me on that. And how noticeable... Uh, oh, by the way, it's uh, h.com. Uh, h.com slash live. That's it. h.com slash live. Opt for your video to be on. And we're all good. Um, what I want to ask you, uh, Adina, was... Um, I was going to ask you... Oh, when I'm, let's say I'm talking to David. I was just wondering this. If I'm talking to David over here, how bad does it look on Facebook? I don't think it's terrible. Okay, not bad. Okay, great. Um, I was just wondering what it's like for people. The, um, and then Asia's sending me a little something. Uh, I, love you. Uh, I don't know what they sent. Oh, yeah. H.com slash Zoom. Yeah, I know that. I oh, said he that. said live. Oh, no way. Yeah. H.com slash Zoom. Have I been sending slash live all this time? Whoa. Freak out com slash Zoom. Has it always been that? Yeah. I think I've been sending slash live. I think someone told me that early on. Um, well, that would explain things, but I haven't gotten a lot of messages saying what, you know, I've been putting it and it didn't work, so I don't know. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, let's get busy. Um, we had the first day was Kaddish, um, then was Urchatz, Yesterday we did Urchatz, and we were talking about cleaning. And so I was just telling you something, that I, I was going to reveal something about my private life inside my, my uh, the room with my wife, and that is that my wife and I talk late at night. I told you that part. But here is the part I forgot to tell you yesterday, and that is that um, we do a lot of talking. And, and she said to me the other day, she said, you know, we always talk about, because in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem life's very spiritual. Like we, we spoke about this yesterday. We live a very spiritual life. And meanwhile, we're kind of... If you live in Jerusalem and you're involved in Torah, whether you're a rabbi officially or not, you are... Um, you're kind of like the... You're kind of like clergy to the rest of the world. You get that? Yeah, you're kind of like clergy. The world's kind of looking to you. And, um, and I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I'm embarrassed to say this a little bit, but like about half... <laughs> More than half, maybe nine tenths of the issues you're hearing, are um, are coming in as a result of, of people not being locked on spiritually and halakhically and stuff. You know, does that make sense? Meaning, meaning, if you want to live your life like totally not tribally, like not aligned with the ancestral heritage, you know, you, meaning not that you don't love being Jewish and not that you don't sing having a gila, you do. You know, and you love all the foods and you love all that stuff and who would, who would refuse a delicious Shabbos meal? 
Uh, I'm talking about like, but you're not dotting your eyes and crossing your T's. You're not like uh, being uh, very careful with the with the uh, uh, the six thirteen um, and the fifty five thousand laws that we follow to uh, you know to in our fulfillment of them. Um, the when you're not following those, so the, there's a likelihood that a lot of the issues you're having are from that. Uh, I mean, I can just tell you over the years of counseling people, you okay? A lot of years over counseling people, my son slipped. You okay, sweetheart? I, um, while counseling people over the years, there's been a lot of time. Now, obviously, I would leave it out. I'm not going to rub it in someone's face if they were just, you know, like missing, missing it badly. But I might say to them, if, it, if, it, if I can sensitively say, that uh, let me just share with them. Maybe I'll wait two weeks or three weeks, but I'll share with them three weeks later if I'm going to see them a lot. And say, you know, let me share with you a little piece of Torah. And I share them the piece of Torah, let's say well, three weeks later, a month later. And they say to me, oh my gosh, I wish I had known that. You know, and meanwhile, the whole issue they were going through that, that we were digging them out of, you know, the hole we were digging them out of would never have been a hole they would have gotten into. Um, and obviously a lot of those have to do with relationship issues, you know, because, uh, and, and that's not even halacha, that's just like, I mean, some of it's halacha. But in the relationship level, the, um, you know, that's usually where people suffer a lot. And, and, um, and where the Torah community has, has that buttoned up, you know, we got kind of the patent on that. I used to say, you want to study Torah, go, go read books. But you want to talk to rabbis? Forget the Torah. Talk to them about relationships. And, uh, and see, see where that gets you. Because that's, that's something that, again, the Jewish people just have the patent on that in a big way. Yo, there's my friend. Hey, how you been? How you going, ninju? See, I forgot about that, dude. I, got, I don't have a bunch of pictures of you from my class. I don't know if that's you. Anyway, yeah, that's the guy. How you doing? Um, this dude with the tattoos, were you in my class um, recently in Jerusalem? Just nod or shake your head. Yeah, yeah, that was you. Cool, yeah, I got some good shots. You, you healthy? Everything's fine? Yeah, this guy's, this guy's a tattoo artist who's got like just the most insane tattoos ever. I showed you guys his tattoos. That's the guy. Yeah, my kid. Oh, yeah, there you go. I recognize you better with your glasses. Anyway, my kids have seen all your tattoos, by the way. Well, at least the ones that you showed us that day, which were a lot more than most people would show. Now, um, so back to our business. So Kaddish is the sanctification. That's the glue. Urchatz is clean off the lip, clean off the edges so that they stick. You know, if you want to stick broken pieces, you got to clean off the edges so that they stick together. That's Urchatz. That's wash. So the very first thing we do in the Seder is called Kaddish. And that's sanctification, or the glue between us and God. And then, and then we talk about cleaning off. Now, what we were talking about yesterday is that the order is a little off. Normally, you clean off, and then you can have the relationship. You know, you want to have a relationship with someone, you gotta, if you've got a lot of stuff in the way, a lot of barriers. So you've got to clean that off. David, if you can move your screen a little bit so you're not cut off at the, under the nose, that'd be great. Um, thank you. So if, you're, if you are... If you, you know, whatever your issues are, that's going to be the issues that are between you and another person. When you get rid of those issues, now the bond happens. Is that clear? So, meaning purify, that's down up. Purify from below, down up, 
And then the up-down comes, the relationship with God comes from us having purified below. Um, Pesach night, on the other hand, is a, is a freebie night. I spoke about this three days ago. It's a freebie night, and then it comes, it comes uh, up-down with a full freebie, meaning we go from, from negative... We go from negative 49, flying up to positive, a plus of 50 levels of Kedusha, of, of Kaddish, of Kaddish, of sanctity and glue, like fusion to God. And, and then we come down the next day after Pesach to zero, and then we build 49 days up, counting the Omer, to Shavuos, where we earn the relationship through those, that count of 49 now, part of that freebie is hinted at, at the fact that we start with Kaddish and then Urchatz. We first sanctify, then we go wash our hands. Why? To, to let us know about the... It gives us that, that connection to the freebie of the night, that, we're gonna, that God sanctifies us, and then we clean off. And it's a very similar trip in the desert, by the way, because the Seder night, we leave Egypt, that's what we're commemorating. Okay, We leave say, the Egypt... And then what do we do? We go through all kinds of struggles, all kinds of trials, all the way up to the giving of the Torah. And the truth is we go through all kinds of trials all the way up to Jerusalem till, till we, you know, it's finally Moses speaking on the Jordan, you know, the Transjordan, and, and then the Jews with Joshua leading them go into the land. It's full of tests. And that's life. You know, you have a, you see the light, you see someone you really love and you want to connect to and you feel all the, you know, the fireworks are going off. But later, you know, once you get married and you're dealing with life, you know, you know not so many fireworks and you got to build up, build back to the life, you know? If I can quote Jerry Garcia, he says, Once in a while you get shown the light in the craziest places if you look at it right. Boom, 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 So, I was just at the Grateful Dead show, actually, in uh, it's kind of Dead & Co., Dead & Company in... Uh, LA. I went with my 80-year-old mom. We were just celebrating her birthday. My 80-year-old mother and my four brothers. And, uh, yeah, so, so there's that. Now we're moving on. So we go from washing. By the way, I do want to mention one halachic aspect of the washing. One halachic aspect of the washing, and again, this is probably too advanced for the average person watching this, is that, is that Wet vegetables rabbinically become impure when they touch our hands. I'm not going to explain that much deeper, but that's just the facts. You know, when on a rabbinic level, wet vegetables get put on a more impure level um, when it touches, when the wet vegetables touch our hands. And so, and so the so we're about to do karpas, right? Kaddish, orchats, karpas. Karpas means dipping a vegetable in salt water, which means you're going to have a wet vegetable touching our hands. And again, I'm not explaining the whole thing about purity and impurity and wet vegetables. I mean, you all know we don't, we make hamotzi first washing our hands. So there's something there already, you already got an idea, an inkling of that. But there's even wet vegetables and fruit. So you'll notice most observant Jews, if they wash off a piece of fruit, they'll either wash their hands, that's like, you know, the real OCD types, and, they, and or they'll dry the fruit before they make their blessing. 
so they're not touching it with wet hands, um, which is, you know, whatever, that's an interesting way of doing it, but, but the point is, is not to, is we go wash our hands, but when you wash your hands for bread, you make a blessing. When you wash your hands to be touching wet fruit, you do not make a blessing. That's not blessing time. Nevertheless, the common that when we wash, it's to get the kids to ask questions. That's what they say. So that the kids are full of questions and then we answer the questions and, and therefore segue our way into the Torah commandment of saying the story from the Exodus of Egypt. By the way, everyone should know that if you don't have a kid at your Seder to tell this story to, that doesn't mean that you are, um, um, that you're like not doing the mitzvah. Our mitzvah is to tell the story. You know, you, you, you got... You, you scored big time if you have someone to tell it to, okay? That's great. And if he's your child, because it says in the Torah, and you shall tell your child. You got a child, okay, you got a bonus. Don't have a child, you just spend the whole night telling stories about the Exodus. Now, if you don't know how to tell stories about the Exodus, well, that's why we have books, lots of books. And the one I'm using here is um, pretty nice one, actually. You might enjoy this. It's called... Uh, I know it's mirrored. I gotta fix the. I gotta mirror my camera. I'll do it next time. But it's a let my, let my nation serve me. Oh, it isn't mirrored. It's straight for you guys. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So it's let my nation serve me, and um, written by Josef Deutsch, and it's a, it's a nice piece actually. It's a pretty good one, and uh, and it just tells you. I mean, just you just can't even imagine. The oral traditions, um, some of which completely conflict with other ones, which is not a big deal if you're a hefty tour guy, because because it can all be true somehow. But like, I mean, there's crazy stuff in there. Like, even the splitting of the sea, you know, it's like it splits into twelve for all twelve tribes, and and they're like, and there's like fruit trees growing on the side, and you can like, and meaning that like suddenly fruit trees growing, and, and I forget you could. I think you could reach and grab fish out of the walls of water in case you wanted some sushi on the way to uh, on the way to uh, you know the other side. But there, anyway, but it just goes on and on like I mean, tradition after. I mean, amazing traditions. Uh, one of them is that there's an amazing tradition is that when they got to the other side, the Egyptians got uh, covered up by the water and all the horses and the wagon and the chariots and the riders. Um, which, you know, is obviously there's a ton you can say, you can click on each one of those horse chariot rider and talk all about that. But they were just like, sent, they weren't just sinking, they were like being sent up and down in giant whirlpools, obviously drowned. Um, but what they did have is all the riches lined of the sea, meaning, meaning all, the, all the gold that was, had any, any of the gold that was part of that whole entourage that came to attack the Jews kind of floated up and landed on the shore. Not only that, but the, the, um, the taskmaster, that was your taskmaster, somehow became one of those soldiers who was, you know, chasing after the Jews, and you get to see him dead. And the tradition sa says the reason why we have that tradition is, is that if someone, if someone had been tortured by a human being, you know, a Holocaust-style torture, like the, like the Egypt situation. Um, and also, you have to learn a lot of these traditions about knowing the level of torture. You wouldn't know it otherwise. The Torah, it sounds like they work, overworked us. 
obviously throwing boys into the river is no not cool, but but there's all kinds of stuff that they were doing. It was if you read the oral tradition, it's full Holocaust style over there. I mean, there's nasty stuff. You know, you don't want to you don't want to know half of it. And uh, I always feel bad for my wife for having studied that stuff. And, and the because uh, she's sensitive to such things, and uh, who isn't? Um, anyway, but whoever was your, you know, whoever was your Nazi guard in Egypt would uh, float it up to the shore right next to you, so that you, you know, all the Jews are over there celebrating. But but you see your dead guy because if anyone tortured you and was in jail, you're always wondering if he's going to get out. If anyone tortured you and disappeared, you know, because you wound up on a different continent, you're always waiting to see his face. And so God did the kindness of showing their face. Now, again, obviously, this is not going literal, unless, of course, it is going literal, meaning God did a miracle and had the face of the task... He had your the face of your taskmaster show up on this soldier's body. You get the idea. Um, and anyway, but there's tradition after tradition, and you're supposed to spend the night doing that, which means getting a good night's sleep the night before Seder. also means um, napping during the day. If you're a napper, I'm not a napper. And the last means you've got to drug yourself up big time with caffeine uh, during the Passover Seder. Um, the second you start feeling those tiredness feelings, like uh, probably during the meal, You have the strongest coffee you ever had in your life. And uh, and that should keep you up for another, like a real strong coffee. I mean, just short of jitteries, jittering. And then uh, and then you stay on caffeine. Um, you pump up the caffeine again um, about an hour and a half, two hours later. And try to pull off another two hours. But that's your night, man. Like, <laughs> you could talk all you want about the Exodus of Egypt the next day. Sorry. You know, no mitzvah there. You know, you get the mitzvah of mentioning it every day, you know, to remember leaving Egypt. So you get that mitzvah by simply saying, God took us out of Egypt. You know, okay, done, you know, check. But that night, the more you talk about it, the, the more you get that mitzvah. And so, and so you're just literally filling your gas tank the whole night by just saying, getting into every oral tradition you could possibly come up with. Are they doing mitzvah out there? Uh, tell uh, tell the gang, please. That uh, I know uh, Moishi needs me. Is Moishi here? Moishi down in the again. Oh yeah, Moishi already down. Anyway, um, I'd love to show you guys. Uh, it might be interesting for you. Roughly, follow me with that um, camera uh, with the mic stand. You need to take the whole mic stand. I'll show you guys what's going on outside my house. Is uh, they've made a synagogue outside my house. Uh, I don't know if you can see this. Open the window. But, um, would that help? I think so. So the outside of my house has become a synagogue. Just slide yours over to it. And um, I got it. And the, you can see they moved the benches outside. And because uh, now you're not allowed to pray in synagogues anymore. So they've made, here you go. They've made a full on shul. They made a full on shul outside our house. Like I prayed Mincha right here because my whole family was was praying was praying Mincha right in my dining room with a minion. And today is Thursday, which means Torah reading, and it was and it was Rosh Chodesh. 
Keep close those windows. And it was Rosh Chodesh. Thank you, sir. And the um, they had a Torah reading out there, meaning meaning that's the jewel right outside. You know, it's it's uh, pretty amazing. Someone sent a message. Let's just see what it says. Uh, no, I don't see anything. And uh, once again, if anyone on watching on Facebook Live, put that camera a little closer. I think. If anyone watching on Facebook Live uh, would like to be on our on my screen, I'd appreciate that very much. It's uh, it's uh, this one though. It's called um, slash zoom com slash zoom. Oh, thanks for turning your camera on, whoever that is. Thank you. Give me someone else who's checking her hair. You look fine. You look fine. Okay. Thank you for being with us. Um, <laughs> um, okay, let's keep moving. So, Kaddish, Urchatz, and now Karpas. Karpas is easy to uh, remember if you're a fast driver, because you're always passing cars. Okay, Karpas. Which, um, which means the, we're going to have that little piece of vegetation. Now, eating that little piece of vegetation is, um, most people use potatoes dipped in salt water. And, um, and you're supposed to use less than a, less than a, what's called a kazayas, which is an amount that's a, you know, like a strong amount, not a huge amount. It would be like the size, if you mash that potato down to a matchbox size, once you're at a matchbox size potato, that um, then you're you ate too much because you're not supposed to eat that much. Um, the reason is to not be uh, obligated to make the after blessing because once you eat that much, you have to make an after blessing. Um, I'd love it if someone has the answer for this. What's the big deal of making the after blessing? Like now, the only thing I can think of is it's not part. It's not written in the book. It doesn't say make an after blessing. So, so obviously. Now, there is a good reason not to make an after-blessing, and that is that you're going to later be eating the maror. Maror is generally used, we use lettuce, and the blessing on lettuce is, is bread up, the same blessing on the carpas, on the potato. Except there's one major issue. <laughs> and that one major issue is, is, that, is that it's so much later in the Seder that there's no way your carpas is still covering the, you know, you understand, you ate less than a kazayas. Less than a kazayas means... That, that, geez, uh, I think the most lenient opinion would give you um, uh, nine minutes. Eight. What's the, uh, Moishi, or someone, what was the, what's the, the slowest you can eat a kazais halachically? Anyone remember that? You remember that before you leave for? I think nine. Nine minutes? I think. I think it's nine minutes. You know what that means, by the way. If you make hamotzi, let's say, and you're eating bread. You gotta, you gotta eat a matchbox worth of bread in uh, the first nine minutes, or you gotta go back and wash and make hamotzi. I mean, you're like, you missed it, you know? Because the whole point of this all, this whole thing is, and you ate and you were satisfied. So, okay, eating has an amount, and obviously, if you eat a matchbox worth of bread, we're gonna call that from now on a kazais. If you eat a kazais worth of bread over an hour, you're never satisfied. You'll never get to make the blessing. How much you got to eat in how little time creates the satisfaction that requires a blessing after the meal. You understand the question, yeah? You get that? So that's why we have nine minutes. Now, by the way, there are stricter opinions, which is two minutes. Now, who cares about two minutes? You know, no one's going to do that. You have to be like, you know, eating a piece of bread in two minutes. (laughs) You know, because by the way, a, a full slice of bread, if you condense it, get all the air out of it, you get to about a... 
you know, a matchbox size piece of bread. But, you know, you eat that in two minutes, the people sitting around the table are going to be looking at you like, uh, you got to work on your character trait. You know, you're, you're, like you're a, you're a glutton. So most people don't eat that way. But check this out. You're washed for bread. You're, I don't know, it's a California Chavez. So it's like, what are you going to do? You're looking at nachos and guacamole and salsa. Like, like, you know, forget the bread, you know. Let's enjoy the nachos, you know. And meanwhile, you look back at your bread about a half hour later to notice that you only took your first bite, which means you got nowhere there and you're not going to really be making any blessing after the meal here, which means you shouldn't have made the blessing over the washing. You know, hamotzi you make, by the way. Meaning if you were, if you just for some reason thought, hey, let's eat less than a slice of bread. So what do you do? You go wash. You don't make, you don't make the blessing over the hand wash. And then you make hamotzi, because you don't put anything in your mouth without a blessing. So you make hamotzi, and you eat less than a slice of bread, and there's no blessing after that. So you're allowed to do that. But once you make that nitilas yadayim, you're coming in with the commitment to eat the right amount in the right time. Now, here's the, here's the amazing thing. And I'll cover this more later when we get there. But, but motzi matzah, when you, make, when you eat your matzah, you're now doing a Torah commandment. You're doing a Torah commandment. Like, how often is it a Torah commandment to eat? You know, the truth is, is there, there is a, you could say Shabbos night, you're supposed to wash and stuff, because that's like really the commandment. But uh, you can even fulfill it really on a glass of wine. You know, if you drink a glass of wine in the right amount of time, um, that would, um, you could fulfill it. Like, for example, these people who are um, lactose intolerant. Did I just say that? <laughs> Sorry. People who are, uh, what do you call it? They can't eat wheat. They, they can't eat grains. What are those people called? Gluten-free. Those are gluten-free. But they, there should be a term for them. They're not just gluten-free. There's a term of the, what they... Some of cilia. Some of cilia. Is there a term for any of that? I don't know. Oh, silicon. Someone put silica. I think she meant silicon. Anyway, but those people can actually just drink, you know, the, the you know, a cheek full of wine at Kiddush and not wash. Pesach night, you got a mitzvah to eat this thing, man. It's like, like Sukkot, you put you in the mitzvah. Pesach, you put the mitzvah in you. You know, like this is like, you know, we have a mitzvah to put a, a, a mezuzah on our door. You have no mitzvah to eat it. Okay. <laughs> so, so tonight we eat it. You know, Pesach night, we eat the mitzvah. You know, it's just kind of funny. What are you doing eating your mitzvah? But you, you actually eat the mitzvah, and that is the mitzvah. And since that's the mitzvah, people actually go for the two-minute rule. A lot of people do the two-minute thing. Now, can you imagine how much matzah, if you condensed it down? And by the way, you're supposed to eat two kazaisen, uh, which means it would be the equivalent of two slices of bread in two minutes. And, um, and so for that mitzvah, you do two. And so... Well, I'll tell you how much it is. On the big round matzahs, it's uh, two-thirds of it. And on a square matzah, it's like, it's like mo- mo- I think all of it, maybe. But can you doing that in two minutes? Not even possible. Except, guess what? The clock only starts ticking when you swallow. <laughs> so what happens is everyone's sitting around the table like this. Because you basically, you take it in like an old-school typewriter. You know, and you, you type along the matzah, yeah? 
Till, and by the way, if, if you are, if, if you're not with black hat people on Pesach night, do this just for fun to watch their faces, meeting the people at your table, meaning that everyone there is like nibbling on their matzah. They're like, happy Pesach. You know, they haven't even swallowed. They're already talking because they don't know you're not supposed to talk till you finish the mitzvah, but whatever. And meanwhile, you're there because this happened. My brother flew back once. My brother, Rabbi Aaron Glazer. And he flew back to L.A. and joined the family Seder. He kind of had his own food, you know, because it's this big traditional Seder. And I think he secretly was just eating from his own stash. And um, and uh, anyway, he went for the two-minute, like, thaw-on, like, whole matzah down the, into the mouth. The family, it is in Beverly Hills, you know. This is like, a, you know, it's in a mansion, Everyone's dressed so nice, and it's like a really fancy affair to be there. And there's my brother in a black hat and a coat. And and by the way, like all the kudos to him to do that, because he could have easily said like, now that I'm Balchuba, I don't go to the family Seder. But he didn't do that. He actually said, he said, blood's thicker than values. I'm going to the family, the family program. And, and okay. You know, if you were going to really keep an eye on me the whole time, you might have noticed that I was only eating my own food. You know, but who was paying attention? No one. And he pulled it off, and that's beautiful. Um, just want to send out a little kudos to my mother as well, because you should know when my mother became observant, um, she never missed a family simcha. Never. She just didn't miss those family simchas. And some of these simchas were like, not in locations that you can reach on Shabbos, you know, they just weren't reachable, you know, it was like Big Bad Bobby's barbecue dash in, in the mountains, you know, or wherever, and she just made it to everything, and and people were like, oh, that's so nice, you did this for us, we thought you wouldn't come, because you keep kosher, and you keep Shabbat, and she's like, yeah, well, guess what, about 45 minutes walk from here is a hotel, and that's where I'm staying. And guess what else? You know, that's where I'm eating. You know, and and so, but I'm not missing a family simcha. Now she happens to be the matriarch now of that entire family. Twenty years later, you understand? Like now she's the oldest. She's eighty years old. She's turning. Uh, in, yeah, the, she's turning eighty-one in like days. So, anyway, she's. She's, uh, what do I want to say to you? Um, oh, she's now the matriarch of the family. So guess what? Now when everyone has a bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah, whatever it is, wedding, whatever simple is happening in the big family, and she has a big family over there, all the Burmans, and she, they actually, her invitation comes with what hotel she's staying in, uh, who's providing the food, and who will be supervising the kashrut of her food, meaning these people who are like not involved with Jewish life, generally, meaning other than the cultural aspects, um, go full on for her and like really go for it. And they, and it, and which is a, the less, oh cool, you got a background on there. Amazing. I forgot your name, by the way, Ninju. Um, you can uh, chat it to me if you want. Anyway, but uh, I think the lesson to all of us is go to your family's events. Like don't let Judaism get in the way of family and you never know what impact you're going to have. Um, get there. And by the way, even if you freak them out, like my brother, 
I mean, you have to understand that his cheeks were filled with matzah on either side. If someone cracked a joke right then, it would have been a full machine gun experience, you know, of, of dry matzah shooting out of his mouth. But uh, anyway, so what happens is, is uh, oh, Sean, right, right, Sean from Toronto. Yeah, cool. And uh, you hear I say Toronto properly? Yeah. I've been around long enough to know not to say Toronto. So, um, by the way, for those of you who don't know, it's Torontonians do not say Toronto, okay? They're from Toronto. There's no T at the end, okay? Toronto. Spelled T-E-R, Toronto. T-E-R-A-N-O, Toronto. <laughs> Whenever I hear that, I always think it's like a new Toyota car or something. Toronto. And uh, anyway, uh, back to us is... Oh, so, so once you swallow, two minutes starts. And, and then you got two minutes to somehow put that matzah down. Fairly dangerous, actually, to try this. Um, and that's one of the reasons we lean to the left to get the, uh, uh, so that we're leaning towards our windpipe because the esophagus is more towards the middle and the right. So we lean left. It's also leaning, meaning in general. The reason we lean is because we're like kings on leaving Egypt. We're not slaves anymore. We're reclining. And um, I'm going to get into these details later, but, but the point is you lean left, and, uh, and the reason you can lean right too, but the reason we lean left is for safety, because our sages knew that the, that the uh, did I just say opposite side, that the esophagus is on the left and the windpipes on the right, and I can't believe I'm seeing it's Finch. I'm gonna like faint. Oh my gosh, he's got the same background as Sean. Yes, you're the most beautiful Jew ever. You are a big Jew. Um, those on screen, if you see the guy in the orange shirt, it's probably red, but that's Yitz Finch, and he was my student. Show us with your hands how many years ago? Uh, <laughs> 20? 26? No. Oh, so you were, no, you were my, you were my, you were my student. If it was 26, we were, oh yeah, you weren't my student. No, you weren't my student. We were colleagues, right? We were colleagues, you weren't my student. Mm-hmm. Well, student, and one day I said, can I get promoted to friend? <laughs> yes, you did. And, uh, I remember that. Yeah, and that was like 26 years ago. You remember him? Remember? It's no, 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 16, 16. Oh, 16 years ago. Yeah, and you got promoted to friend quickly. I promote everyone quickly to friend. You know why I promote people to friend, everybody? Zohar, you know why I do that? Um, the reason I promote everyone to friend quickly is because, is because the job of a rabbi is to make himself obsolete. You're not here to create need. You're here to give people wings to fly with. And, and I'm working as quickly as possible to move someone from my f- student file to my friend file. How? By just doing my darndest to bump up their their Judaism to a level where they're, they're my contemporary, where we're peers when it comes to Jewish life. And, and that's friends. Um, you know, I'm the master of digression, so check this out. Check out this idea. Where um, it's more than an idea. I never say the word idea. If you ever hear a rabbi say, um, um, I'd like to share an idea. You're like, um, we don't want ideas, okay? We want something that actually makes a difference. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, by the way, there, you could say ideas change you, and they do. 
But we live in a generation where, like, ideas, like, and we're in the information age where you can just hear so many ideas in one hour. Good luck integrating even one of them. You won't. You know, you go to university, you'll hear a ton of ideas, but the pressure to somehow regurgitate that into an exam, which you got to do now because they're going to be starting a new semester in a matter of weeks when you're going to get crammed with a bunch more information. Ain't that right, Finch? Mr. Degrees over there. And uh, I don't even know how many degrees that guy has. And the uh, good luck integrating any of that. And therefore, I don't like the word idea. So whenever I hear someone say, there's an idea in the rumba, I'm like... Thanks, you know. No thank you for I don't need any ideas, you know. What I need is 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 change my life now. You know, like say something that 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 fixes me in some way. You know, I'm I am badly handicapped and I'm messed up and 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 say something that's gonna fix it in some in some way. By the way, I, I, I gotta share with this with you. This is a crazy thing. I mean, you're, you're all gonna wanna kill me when I say this, and especially Zohar over there. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't even say it. <laughs> Should I say it? I don't even know what I should say. Um, I mean, I'm the master of like saying the wrong thing. Um, oh gosh, I just promised I would be politically correct. Uh, not saying it. Okay? And, and uh, that's just the facts. I'm not saying it. But instead, you know, I'm going to say something even worse. <laughs> I'm going to say something really bad. You ready for this? Here, here it is. Um, I want to give you all a lesson. Ah, there's Shoshana Shalom. I want to give you all a lesson how to make no difference in your entire life. You ready for this? Here's how to make no difference. Try to please everybody. That's it. Just give you the formula. Please everybody, you will make no difference. You did it. Put a little check on having made no difference. You know, they'll put on your tombstone. Didn't make a difference. Okay? Um, The whole point in our lives was we were supposed to make a difference. But if you are always trying to make everyone love you and please them, and get that pat on the back and get that like. You're going to wind up doing nothing, saying nothing, making no difference, and they'll just put on your tombstone, make no difference. Okay? Um, you got, if you, if you, if you want to make a difference, you got to let go of being the most popular guy in wherever you go. You got to be able to create some enemies. Um, it's particularly the case, though. I don't know. I, can, I don't even know if I can think of. Maybe you guys can send on a chat if you have a better case. But I think in the biggest case of all is as an observant Jew. As an observant Jew. Meaning if you're involved with secular people as well. Like, for example, a rabbi who reaches out for me, for example. Um, as an observant Jew, think about it. What if I tried to please the black hat community fully and make them all love me while at the same time please all the secular community and make them all love me? Do you get that? Like that is a recipe for absolute disaster where I will have done nothing, said nothing and, and I, mean, I mean that sounds like a good formula as a fundraiser maybe, <laughs> you know, but how many minutes? Oh my gosh. Um, everybody, I'm just letting you know right now. Uh, what time is it, by the way, right now? In Israel time. What? 5.58. It's 
Um, everybody, at exactly six o'clock, I'm going to end this. That's in two minutes. And what's going on? There's a global talk to God in your own language. Did you know that? It's going on all around the world. 12 p.m. in uh, New York, 9 a.m. in uh, Los Angeles. Um, we're all to talk to God, tell him how much we love him, thank him for everything we've gotten, and ask him to please take away this plague from us. We're all in your language. You have to do your language. This is not, this is not Psalms. Oh, and we're asking that... that that we, that we bring Mashiach, that Mashiach should come now. Okay, that's right now. And maybe in one more minute. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, and, then, and then the bottom line in the end is stop trying to please anybody. Like, don't try to please the people who are, um, who are your fellow observant Jews. Meaning keep Jewish law, live as a Jew. Great. Okay, but don't try to please anyone. And on the other hand, other side, don't try to please anyone there either. Just say the truth, and maybe you'll make a difference. Say the truth, and make a difference. Look at Chabad. Chabad's an amazing example. I mean, those guys just proliferate. They're everywhere. And look, they do not give a darn what the observant community thinks of them. At all. They do not care. If you get to know Chabad next year, maybe they wouldn't let you know. But they let me know. They don't care. Okay? And you look at the opposite side. Look at the way they, like, march through, you know, some town in the Yukonhan or some town in, uh, in Alaska. God knows where these guys are. They're everywhere. They don't care. They're going to have some crazy beard. I know it's cool today to be in uh, whatever it's called. They'll have some crazy beard. They're going to wear a long coat. You know, they're going to drink copious amounts of vodka in front of all the participants, you know, on Shabbos Day. They just don't care. And they're, they're just going to be in everyone's faces and look at the difference they make. It's unbelievable. So that's the point. You want to make a difference. So we're there. So here we go, everyone. We're gonna, there's going to be another class in a few minutes. But right now, I'm asking everybody, please go offline right now and talk to God in your own language and then come right back for the next class. Um, not my class, but on the Zoom, h.com. Okay, hit it. Guys, we're all talking to God in our own language starting now. Shalom, everyone. Love. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.